Just after 11 o'clock, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhock Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. Check them out online, wilhockbeefjerky.com. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, and Donovan P. in the studio today for you with Fantasy Frenzy. And uh, we're going to have a lot of fun on the show today. Lots to get to. Busy weekend in the sporting world. Some news going down regarding the Edmonton Oilers and their bottom six. If you want to get in on the conversation, 1-833-401-1440 is the text line. You can also send us uh, an email if you'd like to. Connor at sports1440.ca and Brandon at sports1440.ca. And of course, make sure you follow us across the social media platforms. Sports1440 is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Threads, Blue Sky, Wherever you want to look for us, uh, we're out there. Make sure you give us a follow to keep up to date on contests and breaking news. Of course, this morning, the breaking news is that the Edmonton Oilers and forward Corey Perry, known as Scory Perry in some circles, reaching an agreement on a one-year deal. So for the Edmonton Oilers, probably the perfect set of circumstances they could ask for, a pest, an annoying guy in the bottom six, and you don't even have to give up anything for him. Uh, Brandon, I'm sure you guys have touched on this throughout the morning show with Kevin Carius, but this is uh, this is kind of best-case scenario for the Oilers, similar to when Evander Kane kind of fell into their lap. Another player, they didn't have to give up anything to bring in. Yeah, that's going to cost you money. Well, that's how everything works. And Corey Perry, what he brings with experience, and I touched on it, just being that kind of... Oiler fans hate on your side, right? Yeah, and, the, the and, pain in the butt. It's uh, no, you you said it perfectly, Connor. It's obviously I don't think Corey Perry is going to be quite as uh, much of an impact player as Evander Kane one when he landed uh, with the Oilers a couple seasons ago. But it, it's it's it is very comparable. It's a guy who fills a need on this team right now, and it does not cost you any assets, which is important for a case of the Oilers because. When you don't have a ton of uh, assets in terms of uh, you know um, desirable prospects in your pipeline, you've only got a couple that would really uh, stir up if you're looking to maybe add another top four defenseman. Maybe it's a backup goalie. Maybe it's a top six winger here uh, before the March 8th trade deadline. You're keeping those assets in your pocket now, both those prospects and draft picks. So you add something that the team needs, a little extra grit, a little extra size, um, and a guy that can give you a little bit of flexibility too in playing up and down the lineup when need be. I don't know if I'd be trotting out Corey Perry with uh, Leon Dreisaitl out there, two guys that are not the uh, most fleet of foot. But uh, but uh, like in spot duty, whether it be on a second power play unit um, up within the top six, I think Corey Perry is still very capable of doing that. He scored 40 points in uh, 82 games uh, only a couple seasons ago and was had nine points in 16 games with the Blackhawks uh, before the uh, the decision to terminate the contract earlier this year. So um, he was playing a lot of minutes with Chicago, keep in mind, uh, on a team that's, you know, quite bad. So uh, he was getting a lot more opportunity there, almost 15 minutes a night average uh, over the course of that time, those 16 games. But nine points is still nine points. Uh, so it, it's, it makes a ton of sense in virtually every way. The only decisions now will be where does the rest of the lineup shape up? Um, will they wave Adam Ernie? Like what, what is the corresponding move to now make room for Corey Perry on the roster? Yeah, I mean, that's going to probably have some people getting frustrated about one player who, yeah. man, I thought he was going to score on Saturday night, Connor Brown, but... Yeah, you're right. Uh, Corey Perry, and the one thing that I also look at, 196 career games played in the playoffs. So he's got that playoff that, that, experience. That is experience that you cannot really put a price on. No, and I mean, we talked about it the last couple of years for the Edmonton Oilers. You know, who who on this team has the Stanley Cup? Uh, Duncan Keith, obviously. Yeah, he's got a couple. That was a couple years ago. But this past team, people were asking those questions. And, you know, 
Corey Perry brings that experience. He'll be wearing number 90. Wonder how yeah, many I 90s was, jerseys will be selling today. I was uh, I was wrong. We were giving our predictions in earlier on the show, and I my, I guess 24 based off uh, him wearing that uh, internationally for Team oh. Canada a couple times. Thought 61 might be a possibility. That's what he wore in his rookie season. Um, and 94, I don't really think was probably a realistic option uh, for him here in Edmonton, So, uh, which is the other one he's wore in the NHL. So, yeah, I was wrong, hand up, uh, but... I talked about with Kevin. I don't based on the amount of times he's bounced around numbers. I don't think it really matters to him. He's not he's not a superstitious guy in that regard. He is superstitious. You watch him do his pre-game routines and stuff out on the bench over the course of his career. He's obviously got some things that matter in his routine and stuff, but I don't think the number on his jersey is really one of them, uh, as exemplified by going with another brand new one this time around. I saw Zach Lang had tweeted out like kind of a little irony with him taking number ninety. Mike Comrie had worn 91 ah. and 89, and we know that could have been part of a deal back in the day. What could have been? Thank you. <laughs> Declan Kruger, big time in us, <laughs> Just, walking out in front of the studios. <laughs> our very own producer with the Low Island Flow Tide, Declan Kruger, walked by. I tried to wave at him, and he just walked right past. I am used to it. Uh, the text line, of course, people have their, their thoughts on this one, as I'm sure they did throughout the entirety of the morning. Keller says, do you think Perry and Kane will be roommates? No, I mean, they're both grown men, so I don't think they'll be roommates. Uh, I know Evander Kane has the girlfriend, I believe, and a couple of children. I, I think I, I think that Corey Perry will probably live on his own. We'll, we'll see what happens. Do, Line any, mates, do though. any NHLers, um, besides like rookies, have roommates? Like, like on the road, I'm talking to. Like, is anybody rooming on the road outside of like maybe first or second year players? No, because I, I don't know if it's still that way, but I believe there was kind of once you reach a certain mark, you don't have to have a roommate. Yeah. But then you like talk. That might have changed. You talked to Grant Fuhrer, our co-host on the Kevin Carey show. He had a roommate his last year. I'm pretty sure he said he was roommates with the. Well, he's definitely teammates, but I think he was roommates with Fred Brathwaite that season as well. <laughs> this is Grant Fuhrer we're talking about. The guy had five Stanley Cups at that point. And I mean, I, I'm sure some vets are more than happy to take on roommates, take that that you know young player under their wing, help them out. I mean, we saw in Toronto and Patrick Marlowe, I believe he lived with. Marner and Matthews, did he not? Yeah, I think so. He had them all in the house playing with the kids, taking care of them. Kevlar says oh, they do on the road. I, I got it. I'll text Shreddy and just ask him about that because I thought there was a certain point where you were like old enough. Like, yeah, you get your own room. Yeah, yeah people thought like time served and uh, to, to get out of restricted free agent status. Well, no, the more important thing in them is how many, how many games played. What's the threshold before I don't need to have a roommate on the road anymore? That's it. Uh, Mitchell says, is Perry the only guy with a cup? If yes, there w- has there ever been a team to win where it was everyone's first cup? I already have the answer to this. You do? Okay, yes. that's uh, intern Donovan for those who don't know. Uh, the last team to win the cup with nobody who had previously won the cup was the 89 Calgary Flames. Okay. That was the last time. So, And to answer the first part of that question, time. yes, Corey Perry is the only player on this team to have won a Stanley Cup, if I'm not mistaken. I do believe so. I think we, we talked about that a while ago. It's tough. I mean, you, you go through these teams that have won. There, there's typically a couple guys who had been there before. How much of a say or, you know, how how much of a, a leadership group are they? I mean, if you go to Colorado when they won, Landis Gog, who else would have been wearing letters there? Obviously, McKinnon. McKinnon. I think McCarr was already an alternate captain he, at that he, point. He, none of those guys had won cups, but there, I think they had some carryover from the Capitals team that won. Burkowski, mm-hmm. um, 
Frederick Brewer was not their goalie at that point. Yeah. Well, Burkowski for sure. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's it, it is a good thing to have, I think. You know, and it, it, maybe it's not even necessarily someone who's won a championship, but at least just someone who can, you know, <laughs> calm things down a little bit at certain times. Uh, boys, didn't Brown win a cup? Was Connor Brown with the Caps? I don't think he was no, there yet. I don't think he was because last year was his first year with the Caps, and it was what one game, four, four games. Yeah, <laughs> pretty so, pretty brief. Yeah, uh, yeah, wasn't much there. Uh, Kevlar follows up. Could it be the end of the world is near? The Lions are winning playoff games. Wah is back in the NHL. CM Punk is in the WWE, and Corey Perry's with the Oilers. P.S. Hi, I'm Corey. I'm Evander. Nice to meet you. We will be roommates. Love it. Let's go Oilers. I I think that would be. I mean, and you just think about some of those opponents on the Kings and the Golden Knights. I, uh, things get a little messy. Okay, Evander, Corey, get out there. Yeah. Who's their center? Who are you throwing out there between them? Does it grind? <laughs> Slide Vinny Dearnay up there. Bears legend. <laughs> I mean, that's it's it's a good it's a good move to bring in. Like, and as much as five ten years ago, Oilers fans absolutely despised Corey Perry. At this point, uh, I don't know if there's a more perfect addition. When you like we said, you don't have to give up the assets. Not fleet of foot. Dry might slow the game down, but he can skate with anyone. I don't know if that was in reference I, to Corey Perry or, or? Uh, yeah. Well, I said like as I said, both the Andre Sutton and Corey Perry are not the most fleet of foot. Um, I will I will disagree. I don't think Leon Dreisaitl is a. I mean, like like top end speed. I'm sure he can probably get there, but just, like the way he skates, it's a not very pretty, and b I don't think he's got the quickest like acceleration. He's not Connor McDavid. And that's what I would say. If you compare him to Connor McDavid, it's not going to look good. But I, th- I mean, I think once he gets going, he's that's quite, yeah, quite a crazy that's, that's very fair. Very, very fair. Just takes a little more to get going, you know? It's a long distance. But yeah, I mean, I love how Leon Dreisaitl makes you play at his pace. Yeah. <laughs> Come get it. I, I mean, that's we've seen other guys do it. There's like other players of when you're that big and that cerebral and you're that good of a passer and you see the game that way, like Joe Thornton, um, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer. He'd played the game the exact same way. He he pl- slowed everything down to make them play it his way. Um, play and this maybe will be something that that could add up to to make sense because Corey Perry running a shotgun with Ryan Getzlaff all those years in Anaheim. He play, Getzlaff played the exact same way too. Also not a very you know same. I would compare him to Drysdale different ways, but like not the fastest guy, but an okay skater in his own right, and just makes everyone play at his pace instead. So um, I, I doubt Perry will see very much time with Leon Drysdale at his center or as his center, but uh, but in spot duty, you never know. Just uh, scrolling through Twitter here or X, I know Rashad and Gazola have some some pictures, some videos out there of Corey Perry. Number 90 out there for the Oilers. Rashog says he's not taking any line rushes with any of the top four yet, just watching it first. Subbed in with Ryan and McLeod through the second go. So, well, I mean, hey, that's probably it. You're, hasn't, you know, played at this level in a few weeks here. Take it all in, sit back. I mean, Brandon, if we are reconstructing the Oilers lines here with Corey Perry in here, Top line, McDavid, Hyman, Nuge. I assume we're, we're going to keep that leaving, one going. Leaving that alone. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, they've been fantastic. Uh, your second line to DFO right now has Kane, Drysaddle, Fogel. Would you bump McLeod back up there? 
I think for the time being, you'd probably leave it as is. So they now have Ian Mark McLeod and Derek Ryan as their third line. Could you just Dylan Holloway get a look? Uh, yeah, I, I think you kind of have to. Uh, I, I think Holloway, McLeod, and Corey Perry as your new look third line. And I mean, I mean, hey, if you want to bounce Yanmark, any any one of these other players, Brown, Ryan, Yanmark, Perry between the fourth and third lines, I'm totally okay with that. Um, once again, because it, it's weird, some of these guys are centers that also play the wing. Um, all three guys on that line currently, Yanmark, McLeod, and Ryan, can all play center. So it it gives you some flexibility in your lineup, I think, and depending on guys' willingness or ability to play off wings, depending on which hand they shoot and stuff. Yeah, you got to cater to that a little bit, but um, I think your bottom six is kind of at your at your will how you want to construct it now. If you do want to beef up a certain line or maybe give an element of skill to complement some grittier players that play in the corners, it uh, it gives the others a ton of uh, flexibility to to toy with things and and try new things and I'll be honest these next couple games against two pretty bad teams I'm not sure if Corey Perry will play tomorrow but if he were to play Thursday against his uh, the team that cut him loose why against these bad teams you're playing why not get a little bit creative you're playing with house money at this point you've won 13 games in a row like try some new things get creative uh, see what works and what doesn't um, throw new guys out there with new line mates why not I mean, yeah, you could go for it. I mean, and against these teams, you hope that your top six can get you through it, even if there are some bumps along the way and your overall stellar defensive play. You hope that can continue. J-Rock sends in a video. I actually your made video. this video. so it's, it's from Connor's Twitter. That that tweet did some numbies. It did. Yeah, my phone was going off. And then some people were like, yeah, so? <laughs> like, why do you reply to a tweet with, yeah, so, or who cares? Like, just don't reply. Anyways, go check it out. Not a bad little video. Rod in the Valley chiming in. Good day, fellas. So where do we put Barry? Could he do between Kane and Holloway? That was actually also Suitcase throwing that out there. Kane, Holloway, Perry. Man, I feel like uh, Dylan Holloway would be playing like he's six foot four in between those guys. You've got a little more confidence when you have uh, the likes of Evander Kane and Corey Perry out there. Uh, although, if there is a scrum, maybe people come after you because you are that former first-round pick and you might be the easiest one to grab onto and if you don't want to drop them. So it'll be interesting to see. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll keep it locked uh, here on Sports 1440 throughout the day. We'll keep you up to date on Corey Perry. Of course, he's going to speak to the media uh, momentarily. Once practice wraps up, I'm sure we'll have that audio for you on the Jason Greger Show and on the Lowdown with Low Tide. I believe Ken Holland will speak as well, so we'll get his thoughts throughout the day here. Also, when we come back, uh, we'll shift things over to the NFL did Brandon's parlays hit? Is he is he a rich man? There are signs. Looks like he's got a new sweater on. We'll talk about that when we come back here on Fantasy Frenzy with Hallie Douglas and intern Donovan on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 1121 here in the city. Connor Hallie, Brandon Douglas, Donovan P with you here on Fantasy Frenzy which is brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky, home of Alberta's best beef jerky, locations in Leduc, Spruce Grove, and West Edmonton Mall. You can also check them out online at wilhawkbeefjerky.com. Right now, we'll go into the inbox for the Canadian Brew House. Our house is your house at the CBH. And remember, make sure you get the app. You can get it at the Apple Store or Google Play. Start earning points and rewards at the CBH. Plus, get an order of free garlic fingers just for signing up. Definitely got to do that one. Uh, Adam and Spruce Grove. Wow, that song just gave me morning mandate flashbacks. There you go. Little Timberlake for Rashad. Yeah, I don't think we played much JT as much. I mean, it was twice a day for years. 
we had uh, we had Shogger on one of the first couple weeks of the station with Kevin, and uh, I pl- I fired that for the uh, the intro, and it got the uh, got the vibes going yeah. in the studio that morning. I'll say that much. <laughs> JT's got talent. Got to get some more some more of that going on throughout the day here. Uh, Montana to Rice, well known Niners fan, survive in advance, boys. I had a horrible feeling about it for fifty five minutes of that game until the missed field goal. Oh, my computer is doing something very weird. Yeah, well, let's, let's look at the, the NFL right now for the Canadian Brew House. So we can start off with that game for sure because uh, the term game manager is always going to be thrown around whenever we mention Brock Purdy. Uh, the, for the 49ers, I think we just probably saw how important Debo Samuel is to that team. Uh, they they kind of looked like a little bit in ruins in that one. Uh, when it mattered, they did move the ball downfield, got the job done. I guess probably going to have to give a little bit of thanks to the young kicker out in Green Bay, Anders Carlson, not quite the Iceman like his brother. Uh, he's, he's had a few big misses throughout the entirety of this season. But, you know, for the Green Bay Packers, it was pretty good. Uh, a couple turnovers, I'm sure Jordan Love would like back, but they ran the ball, kept it within three. Was that was that the nine-point spread for that one? Not Both, both one-seed games were nine-and-a-half-point lines. So... Overall, Green Bay had a pretty good game, bright future going forward for the 49ers. And now uh, it'll be interesting to see how it's going to look when they take on the Detroit Lions next week and that ferocious Lions group who got past the Bucks, uh, 31-23. The Ravens. The Ravens looked uh, very good. A game, uh, I hate to do this to you, but your Texans fell. Did you... Did you watch most of that game? No, no. I, I said this to Kevin this morning. I actually did not. I watched the last quarter of it on my. Yeah, don't do don't do this at home, kids. I uh, so I put the game on on my phone, but then I just have the audio playing over my Bluetooth because obviously I can't watch it while I'm driving, but I'm just listening to Joe Buck's call. The game was virtually over already at that point anyway. Um, the Ravens defense just absolutely shut down the, the Texans. Texans did a good job keeping themselves in the game in the first half uh, with their own defense. Uh, Ravens. You know, maybe a little on the rusty side after what was virtually two and a half weeks off uh, since they sat during the final week of the regular season, the majority of their starters, that is. But, like, the, the better team won. Like, I, I have no qualms with it. The Texans had a great year. Uh, this is a team in transition, much like the Packers, really. You, you look at it, and the Packers, it might hurt a little bit more because they were actually close in this game and had a real chance. How about the uh, report? I, think, I believe it was Tom Rinaldi that said in a conversation he had with head coach Matt LaFleur, LaFleur told him every time the kick, every time Carlson goes out there to kick, he says a prayer. That is not a ton of confidence you want to have in between that game and then, of course, the, the one last night um, with uh, Tyler Bass missing a 41-yarder to tie that game and potentially send it to overtime. Just tail as old as time. You can't, uh, you can't trust the kickers. They're, they're weird guys. And when you need them most, they can't all be Justin Tucker or Adam Vinatieri, right? So it, uh, it's unfortunate the way that, the, that that's the way seasons end sometimes is on missed plays like that instead of um, big plays made. But, hey, uh, I think realistically I think the better team won every game. I'm still a little unsure about the Chiefs and Bills because Bills are favored at home. Everything looked to be in their favor. But, I mean, hey, it's Patrick Mahomes. And uh, who didn't think Travis Kelsey was going to show up in a big way in this game? Two scores after not having one for eight games. Yeah. Like, it, it was almost inevitable, really. And and uh, it's frustrating for Bills fans. They fall, like they just cannot beat the Chiefs. It was before it was, hey, we got them on home turf finally. We have uh, This is our time to shine. But they uh, Patrick Mahomes gets his first true road win in a playoff game. And uh, and he was great, just as, just as he is time in and time out uh, come the playoff season. 
Yeah, yeah. A daily fantasy if you had him. Two touchdowns, 215 yards. Isaiah Pacheco, as expected, ran the ball very well. Uh, I thought he might get more carries, but he's averaging 6.5 yards per attempt. Not too bad for him. Like you said, Travis Kelsey leading the way, 75 receiving yards. On the flip side, Josh Allen, I mean, if you did go that route, not too bad. Big, big game on the ground, 72 yards, two touchdowns uh, through the air. Maybe not quite what you'd like to see. Should have had about 50 more yards. His 80-yard throw to Stephon Diggs, that went right through his hands. That happened a couple times on three different deep shots, I think. One to Sherfield and two to Diggs, or one to Diggs and one to someone else, where it's like, man, that's what you'd expect from the Chiefs wide receivers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not from the Bills. Uh, they, I mean... I thought Josh Allen played a great game. Uh, I'll be honest. I did think his uh, his receivers kind of let him down a little bit, and uh, and and then most of all his kicker. But <laughs> we covered that pretty thoroughly already. So I feel bad for the Bills. Our own Declan Kruger, a Bills fan, a uh, friend of the program, Tyler Uremchuk, also a big Bills fan. They have my they have my condolences and my sympathy because I fully believe they could have beat uh, beat the Chiefs. They, like if there was a year to do it, this was it. Now I'm not sure they ever will. <laughs> and that actually funny leads into the decks we got here from Montana to Rice says everyone calls Chiefs and Bills a rivalry, but how is it a rivalry? It's so one sided in the playoffs. I mean, I, I I would say that Bills fans would probably say it's a rivalry more than Chiefs fans, but you know, if they win that coin toss a couple of years ago, the way Josh Allen was playing, who says he doesn't march down the field to win it? Uh, I'm sure Chiefs fans, and I've seen this people kind of putting it out there on Twitter today. You know, even if they do make that field goal at the end of the game to tie it. Mahomes has made it in a just, half. Uh, just under two full minutes to, yeah. to, for Mahomes. I mean, he did it in 13 seconds last time. So it, uh, it it was far from a sure thing. But, I mean, you obviously have to make that kick to give yourself even a, a chance. And here here's what I was kind of thinking as all this was happening. I watched the final five minutes from uh, the dressing room at the Claire Drake Arena before the, the big Tropics game last night. I was thinking this. As the as their lineup for the kick, like Bills fans were probably once again ecstatic, just thinking about the possibility of overtime. You would think it would kind of give them PTSD, but the rules have changed. They they would have actually had a much uh, a more fair shot at it with the new playoff overtime rules, where even with a touchdown, both teams get a, a chance with the ball. So uh, they they might have. I don't know if they were counting their chickens before they hatched, thinking. I mean, hey elements like that the wind was blowing pretty substantially and it that was certainly a factor on the missed kick it blew it wide right pretty substantial like it it pushed it so hard um yeah uh, outdoor elements i mean we've seen vinatieri make some kicks uh, that mattered most in you know in the snow in the wind uh when he's both with uh, when he was with playing with the patriots so y- you just need to have a guy back there that you trust above all else and how many of those are there really out there justin tucker <laughs> Not quite as much as he used to be, though. No. I'll take Carlson out in Vegas. Yep. He's, he's clutch. He's legit. Uh, the Cow- Cowboys rookie cooker, the kicker this year. Yeah. It was Evan McPherson for the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> his rookie season there, he was cold as ice. But he uh, he's hit a few rough patches since, uh, missing some ones that mattered. But, yeah, I I don't know. It's Like I said, the, the Bills, I want to say kind of gave it all they had their injury their defense was so beat up but the chiefs had a ton of injuries on their defense throughout the game as well so it was i thought it was an even game and uh it was a another like classic to add to the record books between two between two teams that love beating each other like i know the chiefs might not consider the bills rivals because they've yet to you know get that important win in the playoffs over them but you can't say they don't enjoy the games because they're entertaining to beat all hell so yeah oh yeah they're good they're you're gonna get a good football game when these two teams meet um 
Montana DeRice's butt Kerr in case he's fantastic. Yeah, he is a very good kicker, and he can kick in the elements, as we've seen in the past. Craig and Red Deer says, Morning, guys. I love that my Chiefs are still being doubted. Everyone talking about the missed field goal, but what about Hardman's massive blunder? If anything, the Chiefs could have won by 10. Well, yeah, if... If it's so fun, literally, if Stephon Diggs catches that ball, yeah. then it wouldn't be by ten. But yeah, you're right. Uh, go Chiefs, go. He follows that up with, and not everyone doubted the the Chiefs on Friday. I picked him to win. I, I might, didn't. I might pick him to beat the Ravens because they're just the Chiefs. They are that you have, good. You have Patrick Mahomes. You have Mahomes. You have Andy Reid. The you great, a, the great equalizer is having the best player in football, and they built a legit defense. Like ever, well, you know, it, they're, they're the trading chief, away defense, pieces. The Chiefs' defense carried this team for a large portion of this season when nobody could catch a ball. Like, the the Chiefs are a good team. Don't get me wrong, but I'm just kind of like, I was ready for them to take it, like, sit out a year from the championship game. Love to see Josh Allen in that environment. Um, But, yeah, I'll be honest. I'm still going to pick the Ravens because now I'm – maybe the Chiefs don't sit out at six straight AFC championship games, but maybe they uh, take a year off from the Super Bowl instead. Maybe, maybe. I I just, I like what the Chiefs have done over the past couple of years, kind of, you know, loading up on the defensive side of the ball through the draft, investing heavily, and it's starting to work out. Maybe knowing that, you know, you could, you might lose some pieces. Obviously, when the offense has success that they did, we saw what happened with Tyra Gill wanting the big payday, trade that away, turn that into, was that Karlaftis or McDuffie? One of the first round picks they, they spent on a defensive player. And Trent McDuffie's been very good for them. Oh. Unbelievable. George Karlaftis, I believe getting that name right, has been good. Uh, Nick Bolton, been a stud. Willie Gay going back to 2020. They even have Drew Tranquil, an old charger, <laughs> who's uh, kind of funny on social media. Did you see his tweet after the game? I did not. He like said something about how, you know, I caught one of those bo- the snowballs, but it broke. Otherwise, it would have been whipped right back into the crowd. <laughs> we'll beat them in a snowball fight, too. And then something about how his four-year-old daughter can throw harder than a Bills, Bills fan. fan. It was a lot of smack talk lots going of, on Lots there. of smack talk. It's easy to smack talk after you win. Very. Yeah. It's, and then when you lose, you just got to shut up. Yeah. Uh, Montana to Rice. I had Chiefs money line. Texans blew it for me by not covering. That's a tough matchup. And Lamar, you know, I mean, the first half wasn't that great. But no, they, I think, it took them, took them all to get going, but their defense held. The Texans did not score an offensive touchdown. They always scored one touchdown, and it was on special teams. And that's one of the things I don't. I I know I said it on Gregor's show at the end of the show on Friday. I don't know if I said it to you, but like the Ravens aren't going to let Nico Collins run downfield with five yards of separation, right? Like they're just they're a more stout defensive team. I'm, I'm looking forward to this matchup, though. Ravens Chiefs is going to be a lot of fun. Niners as well taking on the Detroit Lions. text coming in here earlier on craig says Corey perry has no qualms of going to the blue paint and staying there or he will harass the goalie if anything needs to be stirred up love the addition do you have a favorite Corey perry memory brandon from his time does it involve a team in town here uh that that one's that one's an all-timer the the comeback on catella after the much maligned uh holding the pad goal to tie the game uh ryan kessler down in the blue paint Maybe, possibly, interfering a little bit with Cam Talbot as Ricard Raquel slid uh, slid at home. But uh, Corey Perry also uh, kind of had the the ceiling goal in 2007 when the Ducks won the Stanley Cup. Uh, I remember it very vividly, kind of like turnover from passing the corner. He just stepped into one from the high slot and 
blew it past Ray Emery, and I think that made it 6-2, if I recall correctly, which pretty much, I mean, that was curtains at that point of the game, and you knew that at the time, my like I knew my favorite team was about to win the Stanley Cup. So that was very cool. Um, he's had some success internationally for Canada, uh, both at the Olympics and the World Cup. No, no super big memorable thing, memorable like individual plays from those uh, those tournaments, World Juniors as well. But just, I mean, being a part of them and then seeing him sell it. Like in 2010, Niedermeyer, Getzlaff, Perry, Pronger. It was uh, a great scene, a great collection of uh, you know ducks, uh, a lot or d- ducks players, and you know the the best of the best in the world. So, um, but yeah, the the goal against the Oilers probably right at the top of the list. That was just pure electric factory. How about right now, uh, before we get to break here, let's just say this. Text us your Oilers, let's let's say bottom nine. Top top line's going to say the same. McDavid, Hyman, how, how, how would you configure the second through fourth Yeah, let, let us know. Text it in your, your lines. Two through four with the Corey Perry edition. Who comes out? Where Who goes where? Where goes where? Kevlar says, DNA centering Payne and Perry, uh, Kane and Perry. Yeah, that was kind of a joke in case things got out of hand. Just throw out the muscle, see what happens. But let us know. one 1440 What would your Oilers lines two through four look like with Corey Perry joining the team? We say that because the top line's not going to be changed with how good they're playing. McDavid, New Chiman, you can just put that one in with a tattoo ink. It's it's going to be staying the same, I think, for a little while here. But two through four, let us know at one 401 We'll take a break. We'll get to that when we come back here on Fantasy Frenzy, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. 1140, it is Fantasy Frenzy here on Sports 1440, brought to you by Wilhawk Beef Jerky. Connor Halley, Brandon Douglas, and Donnie P running the board for you today. I don't know where I've landed, Brandon. I, it's got to just roll off the tongue, and every time I'm still thinking about it. Well, you're like, like, you're like the Oilers. You're just workshopping stuff, uh, trying new things, sliding uh, pieces in and out, seeing what works best, uh, like we think the Oilers are going to do with their second through fourth lines here in the uh, coming days. Got to find what works, and so far we're still searching. Might just be Donovan. Donovan the intern. Yeah, well. What, what does Kevin say, Donovan? It, uh when he's doing the update intro? Well, he uh, first and foremost, he he also introed uh, Lorian as uh, the lovely and talented, but that's how he does it. Oh, yeah, uh, the lovely and talented <laughs> yeah. Donovan the intern. Yeah, I don't know about that one. Well, you're, I mean, you got a lovely presence. Talented for sure, so... <laughs> time, well, will, time will tell. Time will tell, yeah, exactly. Well, Declan was like, I don't like when we call them intern. It's like we're demeaning them. Yes. We're toughening them up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we're... <laughs> We're testing their metal. Yeah. Well, are they, are they mentally tough? I'm just gonna keep on keeping on. Can they withstand my bullying? Yeah, the the, the old school way. Yep. I mean, he's he hasn't complained to HR yet, so we don't have an HR. Good point. Good point. <laughs> uh, coming up today on the station, once we finish up here at noon, it'll be the lowdown with low tide with Declan Kruger. They'll be joined. By Rachel Dory at twelve forty. Love Jason Greger on at one twenty. They'll also discuss the Corey Perry to the Oilers news and the NHL rumors on the Jason Greger show. Uh, I think we want to open things up in that first hour. Hear your opinion on Corey Perry. Uh, we'll get to the audio when he speaks to the media. We'll also hear from Terry Ryan, our co-host from three till five. We'll go to Colorado discuss the Avalanche with Corey Massasak of the Denver Post. Andy Petrillo will be by from One Soccer and CBC Sports. Of course, Mark Spector and Kevin Woodley of In Goal Magazine. 
That's a two to six on the Jason Greger show. We asked you guys before we went to break, what would your lines for the Oilers two through four look like with the move? Uh, Craig and Red Deer just saying, I don't believe, I believe Brown needs to come out. He just doesn't produce, whereas Gagne and Ryan do. Yeah, I like Brown on the PK, but you're right. Gagne and Ryan have certainly found ways to contribute. Offensively, Northside Lewis says line two should be Kane, Dry, Fogel. Line three will be Holloway, McLeod, Perry. And line four, Janmark, Ryan, Gagne. Okay, Mossy's got uh, Perry, Holloway, and Brown. I will assume this is line three. Line four is Yanmark, McLeod, Ryan. Ontario Mohm's coming in here. Well, oh, he's got an addition. So not line two goes Kane, Dreisaitl, and Fogel. Third line, McLeod, Monahan, Perry. Fourth line, Yanmark, Holloway, and then a combination of Ryan Gagne and Connor Brown. Philman says, hey, boys. I know I'm a wheat lake, but my Steelers even show up. Well, they showed up in the same way that you did, Pillman, a week late. Just missed out. I don't know. Yep. Pil- Pillman uh, chimed in on the morning show. He was in Mexico, I think, for a week. Oh, okay. And so then uh, as a result, due to the international uh, issues with streaming us abroad, couldn't tune in, but he's uh, he's jumping back in and catching up on everything all at once. I take it back, Pillman. My bad. Hope you had a fantastic vacation. Uh, Adam Ernie placed on waivers. That's just coming down now. So there's your corresponding move. As Corey Perry gets the call, Tiger says intern means free. Well, it is. Not always. There's oh, paid internships. There is paid. In, uh, this isn't a paid in. I don't think. That's because it's part of his, like he's in school right now, technically. Yeah. He is actually paying to be here. Yeah, I am actually paying <laughs> to be here, technically. Right, been there. That's, that was my whole summer. <laughs> yeah, you're with uh, Oilers Nation and Blue Jays Nation. The Nation Network. The Nation Network. Uh, Rick from GP. Hey guys, second line would go 91, 29, 37. That means Kane, Dry, Settle, and Fogel. Third line, Ian, Mark, McLeod, and Perry. Fourth line, Holloway, Derek Ryan, and Connor Brown. You've got Sam Gagne out of the lineup. Rick, people are going to be furious with that one. Uh, Russ says, second line is Kane, Dry, Fogel, Holloway, McLeod, Perry. The third line, fourth line is Ian, Mark, Ryan, and Brown. Another Sam Gagne coming out of the lineup. Duke, what's going on here? How do you not have Sam Gagne out there? J-Rock says, Kane, Dry, Fogel, McLeod, Holloway, Perry, Yanmark, Ryan, Gagne. Brown is sitting up with Bobby Stoffer up in the crowd. So I think they go into the lower press box now. I think they're closer to the ice. Question for you guys. This comes from Corey. About Perry, I see his deal is seven seventy five for one year. Is that what he will get paid, or does it get prorated because half the season is over? I believe that's prorated, and I think there's some bonuses. Yeah, lots of bonuses actually, and we—they're not, I don't think, confirmed yet. But Kevin had them uh, via cap friendly, and there's like several different ones ranging in size of a uh, cost based on uh, how far the Oilers advance in the playoffs, how many games Corey Perry plays in those individual playoff rounds i think the the main one was just 10 games played for the rest of this season uh for i think a pretty substantial chunk to go with this uh you know obviously league minimum base salary which yes is prorated out on the year yeah we've got reese saying actually i want to get to this one from bonacord greg kane dry perry would be one pissy line (laughs) i i mean i i don't know the realistic 
likelihood of that, but uh, Perry and Kane on the same line in a pinch, that's a mean line. So if you're putting – because almost everyone, almost all the texters are leaving the second line intact as it currently stands, which yeah. makes tons of sense. It's It's been quite effective um, in different stretches. But if you were to, say, move McLeod back up to the second line on the wing and suit sl- uh, slide someone else into the third line center, whether it be uh, – well, maybe Derek Ryan, Matthias Janmark, um, Dylan Holloway, mm-hmm. uh, possibly as well. Obviously, a bit of a bigger body too with Perry and Kane. Because I think the main thing when Kane was playing down the third line, it was kind of like, okay, he's not really playing with players with enough skill to complement what he's able to do offensively. He can still, you know, skate around, play with energy, play lay some hits, whatever the case. And it, Corey Perry is not a young man anymore. Like this isn't the same guy that scored fifty goals by any stretch of the imagination, but. He still has like he still has touch. He still you know hands in good around the net. So if you have Kane as your kind of wall player, your your perimeter player, and I don't mean perimeter in a bad way. I mean like in the corners along the wall, pair your net front presence, and then whoever is playing center is kind of your distributor. Holloway has like Holloway is a more skilled player than Derek Ryan or Matthias Janmark. Yeah, he is right. This is a first round draft pick. So uh, I think that gives your third line a very different look than when Evander Kane was on it previously. Her. Uh, uh, as recently as only a couple games ago, right? Where he was playing with Matthias Janmark, Derek Ryan, some combination of, of those other players. So um, I, I would not be against doing that at all because we've already seen that McLeod, Drysaddle, and Fogel can have success. They were on a pretty good roll there. And McLeod's, you know, still chipping in offensively. I, I wouldn't be against that at all. But I also wouldn't be surprised if Corey Perry actually just plays more fourth line minutes. Which is fine. Totally fine. <laughs> like for what you're paying him and, you know, what he can bring you, that, that's totally fine. Reese says, do you guys think the Oilers are looking at making Dylan Holloway a third line center long term? If so, I like him centering Perry and Kane. I mean, like, I don't know. Well, long term, is it Holloway? Is it McLeod? Well, I mean, I, I think Holloway might have more offensive upside. Which would almost make you think that he's better suited to play in the top six. But obviously, like that, maybe, that would likely be on the wing, like a dry sidle Holloway Kane type thing. So I, like, yeah, I bump Fogel down to the third line. You might lose him in the off season. The the way we've seen Ryan McLeod play on the wing is encouraging to think that he can. I mean, he's like, what is he a twenty goal guy if he plays in the top six for a full season? I think that would be a great uh, a Oilers fans hope for upside with him. I'm not sure. I, I think he is suited for a third line role, but. Here, here's I think the overarching point about this entire discussion and I said it off the top and I said it multiple times with Kevin this morning it gives the roster flexibility and more importantly it gives it depth all of a sudden you have guys on standby whether it be in the press box or on a recall from Bakersfield um, you know depending on the waiver situation guys like Adam Ernie James Hamblin um, maybe it is Sam Gagne or Connor Brown or Derek Ryan taking turns sitting in the press box on any given night like if an injury occurs you have somebody that can slide right into the lineup and somebody you trust and know what you're going to get from them. And then if somebody else, Holloway, McLeod, Perry, has to jump up higher in the lineup and play within the top six or whatever, you do it. And like this signing makes the Oilers a much stronger case into that realm of true Stanley Cup contender because it adds experience. And as we said multiple times already, it adds or increases elements of the game that they are not exactly flush with prior to him joining the team. Hashtag all in a one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty the text line. Goober 
Hello, Goober. He says, hello, everyone. It's nice to hear you guys' voice again. I don't know how long you guys have been on the radio for now, but I just found out on Friday. I like the Corey Perry signing as the Oilers need character. Yes, they have they have a good team and some good players, but they do not have the deep down needed gritty. Let's get dirty character. And that's what they've been missing for a long time. Goober. Goober, well, thank you. We've been on since September. So glad you found us. Uh, if you're out there, make sure you guys tell your friends that we're back. Social media only has a certain amount of reach. We've got to tell our friends and let everyone know Sports Talk Radio is here in the Capital Region. But yeah, well, I mean, I, I thought we kind of saw that last year, two years ago when Evander Kane came in. Last year? Jesus, it all blends together. Two years ago. Two Kane's years ago. First, yeah. Uh, you know, he brought that, that mean quality, and it kind of went through the lineup when the Oilers went on their run and then brought in uh, Jay Woodcroft, and we, we saw them with that nastiness. 100%. Hockey hockey is not a gentleman's game. You know, you, you don't want to be in a team that's easy to play against. You want to go into Rogers' place and have the opponent thinking, okay, tonight's not going to be easy. I mean, Patrick Kane might punch me. Corey Perry might hack me. McDavid might throw an elbow. DeArnay in the corner is going to be mean. Darnell Nurse is going to cross-check the heck out of me. You know, like, you, you want that. So, yeah, Goober, I'm with you. I absolutely love it. Joseph says, call him D.I., Donovan Intern, or I.D. Both options. I like D.I., Tiger says there will be situations, but Corey cannot be with fast players. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you put him out there with some players. I'm sure he's going to be looking quite slow. Rick from GP says, dang, I should have put Gagne over Brown. My bad. Okay, well, we can correct that. The fourth line, Holloway, Derek Ryan, and Sam Gagne to go with the third line of Ian, Mark, McLeod, Perry, and your second line, Kane, Drysaddle, Fogel. John G says, good morning, boys, with BD's favorite team, former Greasy Star, now joining the Oilers. Will he be cheering for the Oilers in the playoffs if the Ducks are out and or when the Ducks are out? I have, well, yeah, the, buddy, the Ducks are out. there. <laughs> <laughs> it's over. We caught an hour talking about during the break. Last night, I uh, Ducks up 2 nothing as I leave to go to my Tropics game last <laughs> night, get the post-game notification, 5-2 loss to the Rangers. Like, what, what are we... What are we doing here? But no, I, honestly, John, um, and uh, always appreciate John's uh, text in, friend of the program, that I've lived in Edmonton long enough. I first moved here in the fall of 2013, went to the U of A for four and a half years, worked here for a couple more years uh, before moving back to the farm and now rejoining the Capital Region's ranks um, a couple years ago again. So like, I've almost become an Oilers fan by osmosis. Like, I, I don't, I never actively root against them. Uh, I've almost never have in my whole life, unless they're playing the Ducks, basically. Shout out 2017 and my boy Corey Perry. But yeah, I, I'm an Oilers fan. I didn't grow up one, but I, I've lived here long enough and you get exposed to it. And how, especially it's been nice that during some of this time, it's kind of been the Oilers turning that corner from the end of the decade of darkness back into a playoff team and a real contender these last couple of years. So it's hard not to get swept up in it. And maybe that makes me a bandwagoner. But I'll, I mean, like, hey, why not? All aboard. I, um, I'll happily pump the tires when they play well and, and give props to the players that deserve it. And at the same time, I'll, just like every other fan, happily criticize it and kind of give my two cents, which I think is, for me, why I look at it, a little bit of a more unique perspective because I don't really look at the team through the lenses of a guy that grew up rooting for it and, you know, idolizing players like like the, the team when you do when you're a young sports fan. I'm, 
I like to think I'm a little more objective in that regard. So, uh, but you, I definitely think you get 100% count me as, you know, on the Oilers side and on the bandwagon, 100%. Long playoff runs in this town are good for everyone. It, who doesn't <laughs> Helps like the it, the economy, right? hurts no one. I, I love it. it uh, I, I would love the Oilers to make another deep run and get uh, get involved with the, uh, the crowds of people down on Jasper or down on White, wherever the party's at, count me in. Brown the slug should have been sent down, not Ernie. Can't stand a useless player like Brown. I'll say I, I don't mind him on the PK, but I get uh, I get what you're saying here. Chomsker says reunite McLeod with Fogel and Dry. The line was there for the first eight wins. Then bottom six will be Kane, Holloway, Perry, Gagne, Yanmark, or Ryan. Or move Fogel back to with McLeod and Ryan and go Evander Kane, Dry, Saddle, Perry. Perry in the top six. I don't know. Fogel, McLeod, and Eric Ryan. Holloway, Gagne, Yanmark. Nail says Corey Perry, fourth line, second line, power play unit. L Nate says, think back to the names we had to uh, spit out for the bottom six during the decade of darkness. <laughs> LOL. There wasn't an NHL player between the group of all of them. Now we have more than we need in the two top players in the amazing or in the top two of the top players in the world in the top six. It was all worth it. I kind of paraphrase that one. Steve from Drum Heller. I like this signing, but wouldn't play him till they lose a game. I get that. Levi says he's taking out Yanmark. And JCD says, how does one become a Ducks fan? We'll talk about that tomorrow, maybe. You got tuned back in, yeah, JCD. Why, why? <laughs> Great <laughs> at film this, franchise. At this, at this stage of the, the Ducks uh, current estate, I don't know if it's a story even worth telling because they stink. Maybe we'll tell it tomorrow. A big thank you to everyone who tuned into the show today. If you missed it, please check out the podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you get your podcasts from. Subscribe and download. we got the Lowdown with Flow Tide coming up next. But first, an update with Donovan.